Yes. I think that's a very good point. Right. Like, if you're living with, like, your immunocompromised mm-hmm. grandma, you probably shouldn't really yeah. even do this And that all. sucks, but... Um, but if you're... You know. li- right. If you're... Right. That's just, like, it's better that your grandma doesn't die than yeah. you get laid. Yeah. I mean, we're putting it bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would mean, say. It, I yeah. would say. This is Dear Queers, the show where we answer all of your queer queries. I love it. Welcome. Yeah, uh, we're we're happy you're here. We are. So today we've got another couple fabulous questions to answer for you. So okay, our first question. Dear Queers, living with a longtime partner during quarantine, how can you create the necessary space slash time apart slash alone time that life before quarantine provided? Also, how do you best talk to your partner about needing space while reminding them that you still love them and you're not trying to hurt their feelings? Sincerely, in a space jam. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. This is uh, very timely, of course, as everybody knows. I'm sure we don't need to remind you that we are currently living through an unprecedented pandemic requiring much of humanity to be quarantined at home with their partners or whoever they are living with. I think the first thing we have to acknowledge with this question is that you cannot create the space that you had before quarantine. The way your life looked before is just not how it's going to look now. And that is like the first part of this question is like getting to a place where you can accept that like you might be able to get some time alone or space but it is just not going to be what you had before. And if that's what you're comparing your time now to, you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it also depends, too, on, like, what is the space that you are stuck in? You know, like, are you living in a one-bedroom apartment with your partner? Are you living in a two-bedroom apartment? Are you living in a house? Are you living in a studio? Like, just, like, how much physical space you even have access to is a big factor I'm sure Uh, I guess I think we should also (laughs) acknowledge that both of us are at least from my perspective fortunate enough to live alone we both have our own apartments that only ourselves are living in so and our ghosts and yeah a few ghosts you know yeah so I guess uh, for us you know, we are lucky enough that we kind of have at least the physical space built in where we're not, I don't want to say stuck with somebody, but, you know, like there isn't another person there all the time that we have the same kind of issue with. Although, important to note that 
we also have lived together in the past. So Yeah, if you didn't already know this about us, Brendan and I were roommates for the last couple years of college, and I would say we were pretty good at that shit. Anyway, but yeah, so we do we have some experience living with another person like each other. But yeah, I think it worked well because I think we both understood that you know, like we enjoyed spending time together. We're friends, obviously, who also live together. But I think we also really enjoy like our alone time and like doing our own thing. And I we both were on the same page about that and just knew like it's not like we were in each other's faces all the time. Like there were moments where it's like, okay, I'm gonna go to my room now and like do my own thing, watch a show maybe or whatever. And we just kind of understood that we weren't gonna be up in each other's space in those moments that we could have like our own time yeah but it sounds like the the problem our letter writer is happening is that there's not an implicit understanding that's happening between them and their partner and so this is where right like it's right. it's wonderful and beautiful if you have this organic understanding and if you don't then like my dear you need to communicate. Communicate. The word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but right. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think that the two questions that they're asking, which is like, how do you talk to your partner about this? And how do you create the space are inherently the same question because you create the space by talking to your partner. And I think mm-hmm. that like something that I would, that I'm thinking about in this situation, I'm going to pull from like my therapist tool kit here so a technique that i use sometimes in my couples counseling is something called the rapaport intervention and i did not make this up even a little bit this belongs to dr john and julie gottman the creators of the gottman method so like all kudos go to them if you don't know what the gottman method is it really doesn't matter because you're probably not in couples counseling using the gottman method (laughs) and it's really this really simple way of talking about an issue and it's broken down into three very simple parts and the idea is that one person's the speaker the other person's the listener the listener's job is to listen (laughs) and the speaker which would be you our listener oh boy that's confusing (laughs) our letter writer is all you're saying is in the following structure you're saying i feel you throw in a feeling word about you say what it's about and I need. And you say what you need. And ideally, when you're saying the I need part, you're keeping the word you out of this as much as possible. So like a way that this might look is like something you could say to your partner is, you know, I feel, I don't know, how do you feel? Like, why do you need the space? Do you feel like, are you feeling stifled? Are you feeling pressure are you feeling anxious are you feeling like I don't know what you're feeling but let's say you're feeling you know kind of claustrophobic because I used to have a lot of time by myself and I was really used to planning my days accounting for the fact that I could take some time independently to recharge my batteries Um, and I no longer have that due to things that are out of our control And what I need is some designated time each day where I can turn off and not have to be present with another person, which might be you Mm -hmm. as that person. I think that it sounds like what they're worried about is 
wanting to communicate that they need this thing without making the other person feel badly about it like it's their fault kind of thing which i think is yeah that's definitely a difficult thing to do but i i like that method where it's like you're really kind of trying to take the focus off of the other person and make it more about your feelings because that's all you know like you can't control how someone else feels about something all you can do is kind of communicate your own feelings about the situation mm-hmm. um then, yeah that's that's definitely i think when things spiral out of control when you try to put feelings and words into someone else's mouth or like invalidate those feelings yeah exactly like i think trying to reframe this as like this is something that i need for me i don't need it because i don't love being around you and or that you don't make me happy that's not it at all this is just like it's it's inherently really challenging to be around another human all day without a break And I would also think that, like, I would hope your partner, your partner could understand that. And I would also even imagine your partner might feel the same way. They might need some space, too. Yeah, I mean, it might, you might be surprised when you bring it up and they might have been feeling the same exact way and they just were also scared to communicate that. So I guess that's the, the best case scenario, really, is that you're both just feeling the same and we're both scared to express that, but... I guess in the case that that isn't the case and maybe they might feel hurt by that I think yeah just like continually not trying to put it on them and just making it about like you because it seems like you know you care about this person otherwise you wouldn't even be asking this question in the first place so I would think that just expressing that and really making it clear that this is for your well-being so that you can continue to be a good partner in this relationship. I think that no one can um, find fault in that, right? Right. And I would add to that even too, like, knowing that that's, like, ultimately this is for the benefit of your relationship, you can check in with your partner about those things that you're worrying about, right? And say, like, I want to make sure, like, I want to check in about, like, how you're feeling hearing that. And if if there's anything you need to make this ask work better for both of us, like, okay, so if I'm going to spend five hours a day in the guest bedroom, I don't know what the ask is, but if it's something like that, then does your partner need you guys to have dinner together every night where you check in about how your days went or something like that? Yeah, I think just, you know, setting up ground rules and just communicate, communicate, communicate. Right? But I think, you know, there it sounds like you're on the right track by being concerned in the first place and wanting to, to do something about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Go get them. <laughs> Should we go into our next question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Dear Queers, I've been in a dry spell for about a year and a half. I'd love to get back out there and find at least one consistent hookup partner who knows how to reciprocate. How do I go about this during a pandemic? From Horny in Quarantine. I just want to acknowledge right off the bat, Horny in Quarantine, I love the parenthetical about wanting a partner that reciprocates because 
absolutely if your needs are not getting met in a sexual relationship time to find a new sexual relationship yeah yeah i mean yeah why stay in it if it's not working for you right yeah this is this is a tough one i can't say i haven't been grappling with this myself honestly yeah there's no easy straightforward answer here because i think well i think Part of the thing is, is with this, the wording that you're saying about at least one consistent hookup partner, not to say that you can't be dating multiple people at once in a pandemic, because I'm sure all of our poly listeners out there would take a lot of offense at that statement. But I think that it's also true to say that the safest choice, I mean, the safest choice right now is no one. And the second safest choice right now is one other person. And so I think it might be easier. I mean, if we're talking specifically about a sexual relationship where you are like breaking quarantine kind of thing, I think that that one person is a good target to start with right now. Yeah, it's tough because it's like realistically, and if we're being perfectly honest, the safest and best thing would be to not be sleeping with anybody that isn't currently living with you. But which is, you know, it's it's like how the safest sex is no sex, right? Like the only 100% way to not get an STI or pregnant if you're someone who can get pregnant is don't have sex. And yeah, are we sitting here telling you you should never have sex? We're not. So yeah it's like if we're thinking about this from like a harm reduction perspective right right like this is something that you want to do and will probably do regardless so like what is the best way to go about it and i would say i mean a good place to start is obviously you know get on whatever dating app however you prefer to meet people potential sexual partners and then let's say okay so you found somebody that you would like to have sex with no well are we are we jumping too fast to that part are we glossing oh. over some things if we go right to that well i i don't know i mean i because there's so many ways to get there i guess it could be like right i think something to at least like acknowledge there is like you can you can date some people before you decide which one of them you want to be the sexual partner in a safe way oh yeah yeah well yeah i think that's yeah i guess i'm kind of thinking in normal circumstances like sometimes people don't do that but I guess given the current way things are yeah it might be better in a lot of ways I guess to just suss someone out for a while before you kind of are agreeing to even get to that point you know like kind of take the time maybe chat a little bit figure out kind of what lifestyle they might be living right now in terms of like safety um, and coronavirus and like are they someone who has been sitting at home by themselves for like weeks and very minimal contact with anybody or is it someone who's been like going to the beach and hanging out without a mask with a bunch of people every weekend like what maybe figure that out first yeah and i would say figure that also but also figure out where your comfort level lies mm-hmm. like i think it can it can be helpful to do a little bit of a thought exercise and decide like okay where do i want to draw the line in terms of what the risks this other person is willing to take like what am i willing to expose myself to yeah. um and having a sense of that i think can be really helpful yeah um and then yeah and then sort of like making some sort of connection at first like doing all the normal things you would do before you like meet up with someone on a first date anyways yeah. um, well i just uh, another thing besides the the risk that you're willing to take also think about the risk that you might be putting other people in that you are connected to as well because that's something 
important to think about. Like if you live alone and there's no one else that you're really in contact with that would be affected in the case, God forbid, that you did happen to get sick from this person. Great. But, you know, let's say you live with your parents or, you know, there's some other extenuating circumstance where like you could very easily pass it on to someone else because of this. I think that is something that you should definitely be aware of. Um, Yes. I think that's a very good point. Right. Like if you're living with like your immunocompromised grandma, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't really even do this at all. Yeah. Um, and that's but sucks, if you're li- right, but, if you're, you know, right. That's just like, it's better that your grandma doesn't die than you get laid. Yeah. I mean, we're putting it bluntly. Yeah. I would say. I yeah. Would say. I mean, it, um, yeah. but right. But, but if you do live alone and you're not exposed to really anyone else or, or the people that you are exposed to are, taking similar risks and you guys have talked about it and come to a consensus about like what the limits of that bubble might be then you may proceed yeah okay Um, so then so now let's say we're at a point where you have sussed someone out and made a educated decision that you would like to now engage in sexual activity with this person so yeah I think that's where that's the thing of where it gets I think so you have to have a little bit of faith at this point because really what you're saying is inherently because of the situation you probably don't know this person particularly well. Maybe you've gone on like a socially distant date or three with them Mm -hmm. but like this is probably someone you've recently met and so really what you're doing in this situation is you're trusting that what they told you about the precautions that they're taking is true like you have to be willing to like go out and have a little bit of faith there that you can indeed trust this person but i would also argue like if you're getting the sense you can't trust this person it's probably not someone you should have sex with anyways yeah i mean yeah just all around probably and so then from there on right i think you and this person have to have some conversations about like what are you looking to do here are both of you looking to be like we want a fuck buddy we're agreeing to be monogamous fuck buddies where we're not going to see other people. Is this person not doing that and seeing other people? Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you want this relationship to look like specifically within the context of transmission? Yeah. Yeah, well, because, yeah, if it's someone who is also hooking up with even, like, two other people or one other person, like, that is exponentially increasing the odds of you also getting COVID, you know? Right. Like, that's just, it's just the reality of it. Yeah. And again, like, this is a really, I, I can speak to how difficult this has been for my poly clients that I work with. This is, like, a really hard time to be non-monogamous. Yeah, I'm sure. Everyone gets to decide what makes the most sense for them and the people around them. So... If, if you're able to find a person whose criteria meets all of your criteria and you feel like you can trust them, then go forth and fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen, listen, we could go into all of the things that have put out by various public health departments about safer sex during quarantine. I know like the NY um, or the New York like public health department has put out some stuff about like glory holes and like doggy style sex being safer (laughs) oh it's amazing they have this like whole guide on like safe sex during a pandemic which is like a hundred percent like yes and also if you like the thing is especially with this idea of like right like oh like let's have sex 
doggy style because then we're not like our faces aren't in each other's faces like yeah you can you can and also like if you're in an enclosed space indoors with someone anyways it doesn't matter right that's the thing is like sure there uh, that might be like let's say like numbers wise slightly less risky but like the bottom line is that if you're engaging in sexual activity with somebody inside for any period of time like the odds that like if you did happen to have covid the odds that they would give it to you is very high you know that's just that's the name of the game um right like I think it's really like an in for a penny, in for a pound kind of thing. Um, in a way, it's interesting. It's just kind of like a relationship sexual pressure cooker in a lot of ways. Um, where, like, you know, I know people who've, like, gotten engaged, gotten married, like, very quickly, maybe faster than they would have normally, or, like, moved in with a partner, made that decision where, like, you know, I'm saying that this is a very specific situation, but, you know, maybe you just started dating somebody or having sex with somebody and you kind of make a judgment call that you're going to live together, or like move in together for a period of time. And then in that way, decrease the risk of transmission because you're cohabitating and you know exactly where that other person is and you're kind of both moving into the same bubble together, I guess. And that is a way of mitigating the risk. Um, I'm not saying that's a good idea for everybody because there's so many things that come with that decision. But To be um, clear, Brendan is advocating for U-Hauling. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Just find the first schmo that you can find, move in, get engaged, have a couple babies, just go for it. You know, what's yeah. the worst that could happen? <laughs> right. Only many bad things. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's an interesting time because it's like everyone is trying to figure out like what makes the most sense. Like, what do you need in terms of like connection and relationships? And how can you fulfill those needs given what's going on in the world right now? There's a lot to it. Uh, Something else I want to point out for our letter writer is, like, I think it's worth thinking about, like, okay, so let's say you you pick a quarantine hookup buddy and you hook up and they do not reciprocate like you worried about in this letter. Like, what if it's not good? And what if you're like, shit, I committed to this whole thing and now, like, boy, do I regret it. (laughs) Yeah, good point. My only advice would be, like, cool. Like, I would say break it off like you would otherwise but I would advise you to maybe do to whatever degree possible like a couple week quarantine before you put yourself back out there with a new partner to be on the safer side but you can absolutely like keep playing the numbers game if like it doesn't have to be the first person that you hook up with is the person who ends up being like your quarantine like pal just be smart about how you're rotating through people bottom line is it's not a good time to be as sexually free maybe as was previously possible prior to this situation if you're trying to be a conscientious citizen of humanity right now i think we can advocate pretty clearly that you shouldn't just be hooking up with a bunch of people very casually and not thinking at all about 
the consequences of that. Yeah, and if that is what you're doing, like, I would encourage you to just stop and, like, think about that for a little bit and maybe ask yourself some questions about, like, what am I prioritizing in my life right now and why? Because I think so many people, I think, who are doing that are really just trying to reduce the feeling of loneliness, which is something that a lot of people are feeling right now. Yeah. And I would just encourage anyone who's feeling that way to really investigate a little bit, like, what's the difference between being lonely and being alone? Ooh, yes. Oof. Ooh. Body chills. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so important, especially now. I think now is the perfect time to really, instead of constantly looking outward for fulfillment and ways to kind of try and fix things like look inward a little bit and just yeah like think about that like what what do I really want what do I really need is this something that I feel like I absolutely need to be complete or have a fulfilling life or are there other ways to go about that yeah it's an interesting time to kind of evaluate everything so but yeah we're we're wishing you luck on your sexual walkabout. We just yeah. advise you to do it with safety in mind. That's all. Yeah. Do you, but be careful and mindful of yourself and other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, hope that helped yeah. you, dear listener. Uh, and if it and... didn't, tough shit. This is a free podcast. You don't have to listen to this. Yeah, you're not paying us for this. No. Not at all. We wish you were. Do we wish you we were? No. But <laughs> But yeah, you don't have to listen to us. We think you should, but mm-hmm. uh we're a little biased. True. Please submit um, but thanks questions for if you have more. Um we would love to discuss. Yeah, we can you can have your little moment in the sun as we debate whatever it is you said um and if you don't remember here are all the different ways to submit a question you can dm us on instagram at dear.queers you can go to our website at dearqueers.wordpress.com and use our submission box you can submit an email to dearqueers.pod at gmail.com yes those are the and. ways. Oh shit! And oh, and you can um, you can comment on this episode with your question because we would love you to comment. We'd also love you to rate. We'd also like you to review. We'd like you to subscribe. We want you to do all of those things that every other fucking podcaster or YouTube person or influencer tells you to do. Do it for us. Do it for us because we're special and we need your attention. We'll wither and die without it. Yes, give it. Um, what will we do if they don't? If they don't, well, then we're just going to have to take a road trip to Florida, um, buy a bunch of diapers along the way. We're going to have to hijack a space shuttle from Cape Canaveral. We're going to blast it off into the universe, and then we're going to have a banner flying behind it that says fuck you yeah yeah that sounds good Mm -hmm. i approve yeah all right well 
thank you again for tuning in and we will see you next time bye bye bye